What's up, friends? You're listening to the Secret Chord Podcast, the show about finding the harmony between faith, music, and industry. I'm your host, Nick Morrow. Welcome to episode two. the last time you felt like just giving up on your creative dreams like completely throwing in the towel ending the creative pursuit for me it was just a few months back I was feeling exhausted from burning the candle at both ends some of you know I'm a pastor by day I work for a church that I love but I also moonlight as a songwriter and so a lot of nights I'll put the kids to bed at 8 or 8.30 and I'll hop on a Zoom right or I'll do some demos or I'll work on recording or whatever. Sometimes I'll stay up too late, it'll go to 11 or 12 writing and we watch an episode of The Office or two, my wife and I, before I go to bed and then it's get up the next day, right? Do it again, get the kids up for school and do it all over again. And a few months back, I was I was feeling really, really burned out on this. Just really discouraged. I've been working for years, like many of you, on this music thing. And sometimes it, it feels like there's not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you know? And then I'll see on Instagram or whatever, I'll, I'll see a kid that's like half my age having this like seemingly, at least in my eyes, this huge success. Or I'll, I'll get the raw end of the, an opportunity at some point. Or like we release a new song and it doesn't get as many streams as we thought it would and blah, blah, blah. And I, I start asking those questions that all of us ask sometimes. What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Right? Like, God, if I would just do it the way this other person is doing it, maybe it would go better. And I get it. Like, I know this all comes from a bad place. But if you're working really hard at something that you feel called to for a really long time and you're not seeing any major breakthrough, it can be super discouraging. Feel me on that? So a few months back, I was processing all this with my wife. I was in this like crash and burn type of moment. I was like, man, I should just give up. And my wife is amazing and she listens once or twice a year. I have these kind of crash and burn moments where I'll work and work and work and work and work hard, pray and trust God and all this and I just, crash and burn I'm like when's it ever gonna you know break through and my wife said something to me that was one of the most simple but profound things she said well you know that you've been called to this like your whole life so you have two options you could give up and there is a hundred percent chance that you won't succeed or you could keep going and that would at least improve your chances a little bit which was funny and also very, very true, right? So I'm confessing all of this out loud to you, but my guess is at some point, you have felt this as well. I don't know what your exact calling is, but I would guess that you have a deep sense that like you've been created to do this thing, right? That feeling deep within yourself that you were created to do it by God. It's one of the reasons that you were put on earth And yet, for some reason, it just feels like a little out of reach all the time. Like there's maybe no light at the end of this tunnel. This is one of the themes in today's episode. Just don't give up. 
I asked today's guest about that a little, and he had some great insight I think will encourage you. David Leonard has become a bit of a mainstay in the world of Christian and worship music. David first moved to Nashville with his band Jackson Waters. He eventually toured as a member of the band Need to Breathe. More recently, David was part of the duo All Sons and Daughters who put out awesome songs. We all love them, like All the Poor and Powerless, Oh Our Lord, a little tune you may have heard of called Great Are You Lord. David's gone on to release a bunch of amazing stuff as a solo artist. He produces with The Creek Music in Franklin, Tennessee, who put out some of my favorite Christian music that's out there today. You're going to hear me gush a little bit about that maybe in today's interview. David's song, Greater You Lord, has been played 17.8 trillion times in churches across the world. Okay, so (laughs) I may have made that number up, but you get the point. In many Christian musicians' eyes, David is like living the dream, right? But it wasn't always that way, right? David wasn't always this successful. There was a time when all of these dreams, things that David has done, they were just a tiny seed of creative vision for him, but he kept going. And we talk about that a little bit in today's episode. I was thrilled that David let me ask him some of those kind of behind the scenes type questions. And I sincerely hope that it's an encouragement for some of you who are struggling to keep going today. So here it is, my interview with David Leonard. David, thanks for being on the show, man. Dude, honored to be here. I this is the this is the thing. Everyone does the lightning round at the begin or at the end, always. I'm gonna throw a lightning round right at the beginning. Okay, good to me. Uh first question is is on a scale of one to ten, one being the worst day of your life, ten being the best day of your life. How has your day been? Dude, I would say today was a solid nine. Oh my goodness. It was a good day. Wow. That's one away from the best day of your life. It is. It is. That's, that's great. I would say solid nine. Wow. That's great. Do you, can I tell you? I, I've asked that question literally to hundreds of people. It's often an icebreaker. I've only ever had three people say a 10. Really? And one of them is my daughter, who's, <laughs> who's like a, a an eternal optimist. And two of them were like blue collar uh one was a like a gas station attendant and the other one was not people you might expect and they were working yeah. right yeah that's amazing you're a nine well that that's great it's a great day to do an interview huh meet yeah. someone new uh all right if you've got three to five three four five desert island songwriters you can only listen to oh who, who are you taking uh Dead, dead or alive? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Songwriter-wise, uh, Tom Petty, for sure. Um, I'm taking. Let's bring some new in there. I would probably take a Julia Michaels just to keep me clever. Julia Michaels. Yeah. Bro, I don't know Julia Michaels. I feel... Oh my gosh, man. You gotta listen to this Maybe this is like my birthday. I'm gonna pull it up right now. I mean, she's like written 
so many big songs. So many big songs. Oh, not an artist. Just a writer. She is an artist. Oh, she oh, is. She's an artist. Well, Julia yeah. Michaels. Um, okay. Probably James Taylor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. That's a solid. Oh, can I, can I have one more? Yeah, you, you can have as many as you want. Bill Withers. Oh, yeah. I was just yeah. listening to Bill Withers the other day. Man, that's solid. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's a good little list. That's why you and Josh get along so well. And Tom the fact Pat. that Julia Michaels in here with this group of people, this group of individuals is pretty crazy, but I, I don't know. never, I mean, would I know any of her songs? I don't, I mean, you would know the songs that she's written. Like okay. she's written huge songs. Huge songs. Okay. She did a song with Niall Horan. Yep. Okay. Her biggest song is the song If the World Was Ending with this guy JP Sachs. Okay. Um, which is probably my favorite song of the year for sure. Wow. Favorite song of the year is If the World Was Ending. Yep. All right. I got it. Goodness. All right. Well, I got some homework now. I so I just learned today. I um we have a mutual friend Toby Peters. Oh yeah. Thing. So I was um I was listening a little bit. You did an interview with him a while back, and I learned that you're a PK, pastor's kid. I am. I am. You I am. so you grew up playing music in the church. Uh, I grew up singing. So my dad okay. was like the worship pastor, youth pastor, college pastor. But he didn't play any instruments. Like okay. he was just in the when he was the worship guy, he was like this guy, you know, I like see. that. Yeah. He he didn't play anything, so I didn't I didn't grow up playing. It. I started playing the instrument when I was like sixteen, seventeen, kind of. Okay. Keys. So you start playing keys. I started playing with acoustic. I didn't start playing keys till I was like twenty years old or something. Okay. So. And yeah. did you, so for me, growing up as a pastor's kid, um, right, wrong, like good, bad, and ugly, that yeah. shaped so much of for, for me now. And, and for me, for a long season, it was like rebel against church music. I hate this, or it needs to be more creative, you know. Does yeah. that shape, do you feel like growing up as a pastor's kid shapes the way, because you do so much in worship music and Christian music now, that you approach it? I mean, I, uh, maybe I think I'm, it was like, uh, you know, during those times I, I like loved, I had a good healthy dose of, of like both. Um, he, my dad was like heavily into like James Taylor, the Eagles, um, stuff like that. So I, I always saw the beauty of what that was, but then he was like, really into the ccm thing as well like so tons of stephen curse chapman so much stephen curse <laughs> so much stephen curse um and you know stuff like that so I, like i i i saw the beauty of of that but at the same time like man that stephen curse stuff like it was amazing like it was really really good yeah that guy's and it was really time in christian music where it was like there was real quality, quality stuff. Not to say there's not now. I'm just saying there was like, it was 
it was legit. And uh, and I I, mean, I think it it just gave me a, an appreciation for both. It gave me the appreciation for for what Christian and gospel music can bring to the table, but but it also gave me um, the courage to not just settle uh, for something, you know. Yeah. Has there ever, have you ever felt, so it sounds like you grew up with kind of a healthy dose of both. Yeah. That, which was very different from my story, right? It was like Christian music only. So I had this yeah. Stephen Curtis and we, my mom's favorite band was the Eagles. So we could sneak some Eagles every now and then, which is, I'll take the Eagles is that's all I get. Yeah. But, um, has <laughs> there ever been a tension for you of like, Ooh, Christian, I want to, cause you do do, you really have pushed creative boundaries knowingly or unknowingly, I feel like with what you guys do. And and so has that been intentional or has that just come out naturally? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's intentional. I, I think the all sons and daughters stuff, like we were just like, we were just writing songs for our church and it happened to be, you know, we we had the right things that that were particular to our body and what was walking what we were walking through. So like, when you break it down that way, it, it all of a sudden it becomes very um, it it becomes more out of the box. It's like more out of the box because it is pointed at something directly. I think walking forward, I've I've always I've tried to go. Hey, are there are there new lanes? Are there new paths that we can that we can walk down? I, I feel like we've pigeonholed ourselves with a lot of this stuff. I feel like, um, you know, worship music. If it doesn't sound a certain way, then it's not categorized as worship music and doesn't get played on the radio. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just never played by those rules. I was I I just wanted to make music that my friends would listen to. And that I would listen to, and so I've I've tried to not allow certain rules guide my path, and and I've tried to let my heart guide it instead of my head. Yeah, is there times when for you like you wrestle with that, with the tension of that, of like oh, because you you could in your position make records that get played on the radio like crazy. You've but in the past even year or two, you've done a whole lot of records that are really interesting. Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, I, I think there's a both. I think, I think there's, there's definitely the commercial side to it that goes. And the, the, the hope is that some of the stuff does get played on radio. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, we definitely, we definitely go for radio with a lot of stuff. We've done a lot of radio singles this year. We did Revivals in the Air radio single. We did Man of Your Word from Every City's radio single. We did some Brandon Lake radio single. Like we've we've done we've done a lot of singles, which has been really funny because we've never been like the singles like place. We've never been a single stop, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's been fun to to kind of bring our flavor to the table and see if it works. Yeah, totally. I think it works. I think there's, I don't know. I think there's people in our generation increasingly that are like longing for Christian music mm. like this that resonates, you know, that that yeah. would fit okay on a playlist with all of our non-Christian 
you know, stuff that we listen to. Yeah. So, man, bless you guys. Well, it's just, uh, we, we sat in, I sat in so many writing sessions where we were like, (laughs) where, you know, we, and I, I understand like being so intentional for congregations and, and going, well, I don't think a congregation could sing this or whatever, but the people sit in their cars all day long and sing to Katy Perry or all this other stuff. But we like feel like we have to dumb it down in order to make it congregational. And it's, I just, I don't believe that's true anymore. Everyone believe- our age knows all the words to Cemetery Life. <laughs> You know what I mean? And that song has a million words, not good ones even. Yeah. That's always my, or, or you too. It's the same thing with when people are like, well, we got to keep the, the, uh, you know, we got to keep it within the octave range for the congregational, mm-hmm. which I think there's some truth in that for sure. Uh, but yeah. at the same time I go to a U2 show and ain't nobody can sing in Bono's range. No. You know what I mean? And you're, Screaming your lungs but out everyone's all through that show. Totally, because he believes it. He sang in the key that he believes in. We and all think, should leave church with our voice sore. We're just like, yeah. we don't have a voice left. Yeah, totally. Because totally. it's just intense. It was the strangest thing, man. I, uh, and I don't want to, you know, put too much on this, but obviously Bono's a believer and, and some of those guys. We went and saw them a couple years back and, uh, at the football stadium here, 50,000 yeah. people or whatever. And yeah. I kid you not, there was something on it that night, but I was like, that was the best worship leading I've ever seen. And, yeah. and there was Jesus in it for sure. Like he was definitely leading people through a spiritual experience of sorts. Some people, I'm, you know, some didn't know exactly what was happening, but you could tell there was something in the, the, the way he could command a room or a room of stadium of 50,000 people um, with, just passion and he meant it <laughs> so yeah. insane to me yeah. i'm like we need more of that yes sir and bleeding on stage you like he does like that kind of uh artistry or i look at like chance the rapper and some of these guys I'm like, yeah. man i want more of yeah. that in, yep in the church yep mm. well okay so you uh you're kind of like a, a renaissance man in some ways because as I as I like look up what you've done and, and things, you've toured with bands as a musician, mm-hmm. right? You've you're like a songwriter, a very successful songwriter. You've done the duo thing with All Sons and Daughters. You're you're a solo artist now, and you're a record producer. Probably you probably drive for Uber. I don't know. <laughs> like what 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 drives like you've done lots of things, even more so. Like musicians are all about multiple streams of income, but you've done like all the things well i mean i there's um i feel lucky that i've got to do it the uh yeah i, I there's there's a uh there's something special when people come together and create things together and i i've i've been so lucky to be able to do it with different bands i've been a, lucky to be able to do it as a worship community coming together for a church. I've been lucky to do it as a songwriter, as a producer. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, it just, it feels pretty surreal that a kid from Arkansas could come to town and like 
get to actually make a living doing something that he thought was just a hobby whenever he was 16 years old, you know? And I just like I, I don't take it for granted. It's one of those things that I love getting to do it. I love I love what it means to create in community. And I, the the opportunity to be able to create a record with someone is is kind of the greatest gift. Like when you see someone's dreams in their head and see it on paper and then you help make that dream come to life it's the coolest thing in the world man it's so cool and i just i'm I'm a firm believer that music still makes a difference and people are moved by it people are challenged by it and uh i feel lucky to be a part of it mm. well you can see it man you and the artists even that you've produced in the last year or two alone the gratitude that it seems that some of those guys come out with, I know a little bit more the Bethel crew or a few of those guys yeah. and just like the things that they say about working with you, yeah. it shows uh, that you care about it. Like you're not trying to just squash out like a, you know, a single or a good album or whatever, but bringing, because that's, um, I don't know. I heard it was uh what's his name? Rick Rubin one time talking yeah. about his job as a producer is really to draw out what's unique and amazing about the artist. And yeah. uh, you've certainly, you guys have drawn out a lot of uniqueness. It seems. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, a lot of, a lot of what making records looks like nowadays is you write a song and then somebody takes it and they build, they build a track or they build a demo. And then all of a sudden everybody likes the demo. And then you just kind of come in and you sing on it and we've gone, no, what does it look like to actually set aside a month? <laughs> and you come in and we go in every day and we create and we fight with it. And I just, I just think real beauty comes out of that. And I, I think we've lost the patience for making records records have to be done so fast nowadays that we that we lose the beauty of what it what it means to actually fight with a song and i just i don't know in the wrestling and and in that stuff man just like beauty just seems to just like come out and i don't know i i, I just i i wouldn't make records any other way now yeah do you find there's a is there a trade-off of you know, a lot of the reason people try to do it so quick is the cost and efficiency and all this. Do you find there's a trade-off there or have you guys sort of found organic ways to do it in your own way that work? Yeah, I mean, I think there's things in our own way. I, by no means are we doing it the, the most efficient way, for sure. Or uh, financially doing it the way that makes the most amount of money kind of thing. And that was one of those things that we just had to take that off the table of going, hey, hmm. if we're if we were doing this for the money, we should like go make jingles or something where we don't have to care about this stuff and let's just go crank stuff out. But it's like we we truly, truly, truly wanna help artists find their voice and be confident in who they are. The you brought up the McClure record earlier today earlier and like this was Paul and Hannah's first thing. 
like first thing they get to do and dude just watching them walk through that process of what that was was so stinking cool because you could just see courage start to build and you could see new voices start to form and uh, i don't know man it's just like i it's hard to describe unless you're there but it's it was just such a special process and, and it just it happens happens a lot it happened with josh with this new record like it just it just it was so easy and so fun and um, and even with Brandon, like all the stuff that we've been working on lately, it's, it's just you're seeing dreams come to life, and we just, we feel lucky. Mm. Wow, the world appreciates what you do. At least I do. I appreciate that. So you, um, but you, you also do the artist thing. Mm-hmm. How much of that is a, a part of your life these days? Um, not as much. Cause I'd like it to, it's, it's been, you know, I, I, I spent a while, made a record that came out in 2019. And, um, that record was like mine and my wife's journey. We struggled with infertility for years and years and then had a miscarriage. And then we ended up having another child. We have two little girls now that are awesome, but a lot of that, that record was, was written out of that waiting process of, of what it was and wow. and i made i made that record for my family and um super proud of it i loved it and so it has been it's been i've been trying to find what my new congregation is right now I, you know i continue to write songs for my family i continue to write songs for my church um and, and some new songs have been kind of bubbling out of it and I, I'm I'm excited about what it looks like. I'm excited about making it Um Yeah. I know a good it's, studio in Franklin that you should hit up. <laughs> There's a few guys, they make records. Yeah, should, I know. Uh, man, I love no, I love your record. It's um what's the Know Your Heart, is the name of it? Yeah. Love that song. So Thanks, good, man. man. Um and the, and then you did like an acoustic thing as well. Like we you did re released with simple versions yeah so we we wanted to make the the regular version with no rules you know we just want we wanted to make a record that we just loved and and we loved creating it and um but with the intent of of going all right hey we're going to release this but then six months later we want to release another version that's just like me and a piano kind of thing the way i would lead it at church kind of thing so you knew you were going to do the acoustic thing we did yeah. we did that it was purposeful um i mean for we could have started with the acoustic thing but it was like i felt like i needed to establish the difference between david leonard the artist and then all sons and daughters kind of thing mm. um and so i just we were really purposeful with going all right hey we should do this first establish who you are and then then let's let's bring it back to to some of this other stuff but it is it was interesting you know it's like we put out the record and people are like i don't even know who what is this and i'm like people just don't understand they they like have a snapshot of of who you are like 
I was a part, I, you know, I've been making music since I was 15 and I was in a band in high school and then I was in a rock band after that. And then I was in Need to Breathe. And then we started All Sons of Dogs. And, yeah. and so it's like, I have this giant melting pot of who I am creatively and as an artist. Um, and All Sons of Dogs is a big part of that, but it was just like a snapshot of it. And so whenever I was making this new record, it, it has pieces of that. It has pieces of the need to breathe. It has pieces of my band from college. It's, it's you know, it has, and it has pieces of where I want to go. And Isn't so, that interesting? Like, did you have a, a weird thing that happened? Cause like I even, I, I want to say, like I knew who all sons and daughters was as a worship leader, right? You know, you know those songs yeah. and, of, and everyone in the world who's been to church knows greater you Lord right mm-hmm. knows that song did you have a weird coming into like as an artist and the marketing piece of like who is david leonard did, was there that or did you have a lot of momentum behind that already no 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 i mean the the beauty and the downfall of christian music is no one knows artists and nobody knows anybody in bands like yeah. they, they know songs that that's it like you could get up in front of any crowd and you can play somebody else's song and they'll just be like, I love your song. Like, I love that song. That's my favorite song. Kind of, you know, like, well, that's not my song. <laughs> yeah, it's like nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. Which is super cool because we've created a, a, a industry that's based around songs, which yeah. is great. I love that. But as a artists coming out of a band and trying to establish myself as, as an artist is difficult with it's some really babies hard. to feed yeah right yeah. i mean there's yeah. the, there's that piece where it's of the marketing thing where it's got to be uh i i can imagine it's got to be kind of weird to go from all sons and daughters with whatever you know success you guys had with that if you want to call it that to yeah. then okay now i in some ways have to start over like start as an artist over starting all of with everything yeah. you know of course but like from a, i just think about it my wife and i have a marketing background so i think from a marketing yeah. perspective there's this like oh wow i gotta rebrand i have to and I, even me personally i remember i was at worship school out of bethel last year and yeah. talked to hannah mcclary for a bit and she was going on about the record she said there's this guy uh david leonard he was in this band called all sons and daughters and i admit i had no idea you know, yeah. like I couldn't have told you the names of the people in All Sons and Daughters. I knew, sang some of the songs, yeah. but like, so there's there's that piece of it that's interesting. Um, but the music is amazing. I love it. Thanks. Love the record. Thanks. And there's some influence on there even that I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. What did you pick out? Dude, I well, I mean, there's some vibes, like there's some synth vibes on there that there. it's actually, this is really nerdy uh really nerdy but again i'm like for a long time the longest time i was like very anti-christian music so i end up in like rock and roll encyclopedia kind of guy yeah brian eno was really really big for me there's a moment it's in know your heart i think and it's at the end of it and it sort of just trails for a while and this very like stranger things kind of vibe and these like i want to say there's like a tape machine or something yeah like sound and I was like, that's the little stuff that you never hear on a Christian record. Mm. Ever. Or it's very rare, right? Yeah. That um, for me, frankly, for me to come back, you know, I was. it's been five to ten years now. 
that I uh, opened myself up to the potential of making Christian music. Yeah. It ha- it, there was moments like that, you know, Sufjan Stevens first. And then, but there was these little like pieces of, I'd hear an artist or a worship leader. I'm like, Ooh, they're doing something. And as weird as it sounds, a little synth and like ambient thing at the end of a song, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I can get down with this. I'm in, cause I'm in my native language now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I like when I say I appreciate it, I'm really like, no, I I'm like long all creation groans for the day when there's like cool indie Christian music, you know, like really yeah. good. So I appreciate you, bro. Thanks, man. On that front. Yeah. Tell me about um because so many people as writers and worship leaders and all this, there's this whole like, do I move to Nashville thing? And you did, you said you're from Arkansas. Yeah. You moved at some point to Nashville. So walk me through, and you kind of talked about different iterations of music you've done. Yep. What did that journey look like from like, you know, whatever, 15, 16, post high school to now? Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm still doing music. <laughs> it's crazy. I was talking about today. Uh, I was with Brown Bannister, if you know Brown. Mm. Brown. Do you know Ellie Holcomb? Do you know oh, that yeah. name? Yeah. It's Ellie's dad, but Brown is Brown's a huge produce, producer. He he did so much stuff. Like just look up his credits and it's it's insane. But you know, we were talking about you know, like guys who are doing this and, and it really is is like if you just choose to stay, like you'll keep doing it. Like it's the guys who stay the longest that continue to have success and uh, and it, it was just you know I moved out here in 05 I've been here for 15 years and signed the record deal did the whole song and dance with that and it didn't work out I was I remember the day my record came out I was working at the buckle at the mall and slinging jeans and uh the day that my record came out on a major Christian record label. And it was like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, fast forward, like we left the Christian label and we decided that we were only going to play bars from then on out. And so we basically lived in our van and traveled around the country and made $500 a month and, like me and my wife were run out of money, had to move in with people and like just craziness of like, I shouldn't still be doing this. How did you not give up in that? That was like, I don't know. I was just too dumb to give up. <laughs> right. Like I still had this thing inside of me of this might still work. That artist optimism. Yeah, that, I think it's, so. Well, it's also because those were the days. I mean, I feel like um, we, you and I, have lived through like the era. So if you go yeah. back twenty years, it was like, oh, if I get a record deal, you know, yeah. things will things. Will, there was that like waiting for that ship to come, and now it's obviously way different than that. But I think there was still there was more of that fifteen years ago, even when I was oh. you know beginning my musical journey. So I do think there's some of that that propelled like knowing that success kind of comes later versus now the very instant like Post Malone puts something on YouTube and he's 
huge overnight. You know, it's yep. kind of a bit different in some ways. Um, and yeah. yet some things don't change. Like my wife and I had the conversation today, like the being too dumb not to give up. And in my younger years, I definitely was propelled so much by that of these dreams, you know, and then it's like, okay, I, I don't feel like I'm too dumb to give up anymore. So I'm like constantly wrestling, you know, you have that sort of, but, but there's the, the biggest thing we were just watching this Netflix show. It's about design, you know, and this family husband and wife that have now this huge 90 employee business and all this. And they were, were like visibly moved because they said we almost gave up so many times just a few yeah. years ago, you know? Yeah. And yet we kept reinvesting and kept doubling down. And then, and then it kind of, you know, opens up at some point. So there seems to be that seem that, that bit of wisdom seems to keep coming back. of just like, keep going. Yeah. And hundred percent guaranteed you will fail if you give up. Yes. Right. You will have a 100% fail rate. If you just, <laughs> and at least, there, time. and, and there's also a piece of it. I think of this calling, right. Is like yeah. when you, when you catch that of what, here's what God's asked me to do. I can either do it or I can know that I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you know, I've, I've been asked through the years. It's like, what would you do if you weren't doing music? And it's like, I got, I have no answer. You'd be a manager I, at the buckle. I would be a manager at the buckle. I would be the worst manager at the buckle. <laughs> Maybe you'd be a, a, a regional rep. Oh, you know? regional to the regional rep. It would be, uh, yeah, that'd be a sight to see. Is the buckle still open? I don't know. When's the last time you went to a mall? I don't even remember the last time I went to a mall. Well, good point. Yeah. COVID. Yeah, no kidding. In this COVID season that we live in, I don't know. I I think they're probably still open. So you don't still get free clothes from the buckle from your buddy <laughs> that slips you free? No. <laughs> I don't think I got free clothes when I work there. Right, right. Retail's a trip. Yeah, it's a mess. You're, so you're from Arkansas. Yeah. Do you know, I just found this out earlier today, the band Joan. Oh, yeah. You know them? So good. Yep. Yep. They are. They're from really Arkansas. Good. Yes. That's all I got. It's just a connection. That's <laughs> <laughs> but they're great. Joan's so good. Yeah. I love, um, they are, when I first heard Joan, I was like, this is literally, this is like 95% Backstreet Boys. And I love it. <laughs> or like Savage Garden. How old are you? I'm 34. Oh, okay. I'm 38. All right. It's so like, yeah, I still remember driving home from my girlfriend's house late at night and Savage Garden comes on the radio and I just, to, I just wanted to, I just wanted to cry. Oh, so you're talking you're talking later Savage Garden. <laughs> I'm talking about uh what was the uh truly madly deeply? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's oh, yeah. you know what? I heard a story about this. I don't know if it's true. I couldn't tell you you know better than I would. But um that they did you know they had the um every time I see him leave face in the clothes, my, they had that song, right? Oh and, yeah, yeah. Which was like my jam as a kid some legitimately kind of cool stuff and then they went back for their second round or i don't know what iteration but the record label said we want a ballad <clears throat> excuse me they said we want a hit we want a ballad write us so they go off and they said let's write the stupidest <coughs> ballad 
that we possibly can, wrote that song, took it to the label, label loved it, and it made them millions of dollars. Unreal. I don't know if it's true or not. I could believe it. There's my bu- a buddy of mine told me that story and he said, you need to go and try to write some bad songs. I don't know if that's the best or worst advice ever, but what's it going to hurt? It worked for, <laughs> it worked for Savage Garden. It worked for Savage Garden. I've never heard that statement before. It worked for Savage Garden. Like that seems like a t-shirt in itself. You can use that. Yeah. It worked for Savage Garden. <laughs> anytime you want, if you, anytime you want to really slip something in on production, or a song, you Ooh, can just be like, gonna, hey, it worked for Savage Garden. I'm going to use that <laughs> for sure. Oh, spe- okay. So speaking of actually of songs that uh, Savage Garden didn't love, um, yeah. you've written on several Savage Gardens. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. You, um, no, our uh, a mutual friend told me, I said, I don't know. I've never met David. How, what do I ask him? He said, ask him about when he wrote Greater You Lord and what he thought about it at first. I didn't think it was a good song. Tell me about that. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it was it was a weird time. It was like one of those deals that that it was just. Uh, I don't know I, the the right it. I left it going. Yeah, I'll probably never sing that one again. Wow. It just didn't. It, I. It wasn't like a aha moment or anything it just was like eh, it's okay was this uh with your who who who's we who, was leslie and jason ingram oh right 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 i've heard this yeah. i've heard parts of this story from someone yeah. else yeah and it, it was just it was kind of one of those deals that i was like yeah well, well i'll probably never sing that one again and uh is it true that um i don't remember who said this someone out of bethel said that it was Jason's idea. He said, I don't care what you guys do. Write a song that says it's your breath in our lungs. We pour out a praise or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember that. People have literally asked me like, what was it like that day? And like, (laughs) seriously, I cannot remember. Yeah. Because I didn't think that I was ever going to sing that song again. It wasn't like a moment that was like, oh, mark it down. This is, this is probably the greatest song that I'll ever write. Like, Mark this down in the books. I, I just like, that's not what it was like that day. There's not a Dear Diary and, entry that's... that's. I wish I had one. It'd be really interesting. Yeah. Because, uh, well, and that's... I think there is, there's a uh, an odds, or uh, what do you call it? Like a um, quantity begets quality with writing. You know, you just got to write tons and tons and tons and you start getting some of those better tunes. But this is obviously one you just thought wasn't one of the better ones yeah but it 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 slowly started to grow on me it the more the more we played it the more the guys at the label heard it the more friends heard it and they were like man this this song has something on it and you know i i I had to take notice of that for sure and it took some convincing but i'm i mean i'm thankful that we decided to do it. It it has been become my constant reminder that I have no idea what I'm doing, um, and that I have no control over any of this stuff. And and that's kind of a beautiful reminder. Like in the mess of all this stuff that we try to control and all this stuff that we try to fabricate, 
And it's in the moments where you least expect it, where God does crazy things. And I don't know. I, I, it was a gift for sure. Well, it's something beautiful about that, though, that like God blesses the mundane and the faithfulness in the mundane. Sometimes, yeah. you know, when when we I we um I think, you know, I met Ethan Hulse earlier this year and yeah. um, he's a sweetheart and I was going to buy you a coffee and. He said, because I said the same thing. I was like, man, I couldn't tell you, like, if I write 10 songs, I couldn't tell you which one of them is the best even. And it's still, I still can't figure it out based on things that have gone well and not gone well. And he was like, oh, I pretty much know. And I was like, yeah. I, I want that. <laughs> like, I don't know. That feels like a burden to me. Because then, then it's like you lose the beauty of, I love Ethan. He's one of my best friends. We we were together two days ago. but And he is right. He can tell you when it's the right one. But it, it does lose a little bit of the mystique of what it of what it is. And like part of the reason why all of us get into this is because like the, mystery. the mystique of all this, the mystery of it. Yeah. Like we're still kids that love to to make stuff and we're still excited about finding a new record and like that's kind of the journey that you go on when you write a song or when you record a song that like you have no idea what it could do and it's kind of okay man there's some days i feel like maybe it's where, where i sit a little bit i'm like i'll trade in the mystery if i can <laughs> lord i'll just i'll trade in a little bit of mystery i feel yeah. like and maybe it is it's like um because we're we're I don't say we constantly obsess over it, but with uh, a, a smaller independent artist budget, you know, we're like uh, my wife and I, we have a, a worship group together. And so we're constantly yeah. really talking about ROI. And yeah. I don't, does this ever enter your guys' conversations when you're like, okay, we have to like recoup recording costs or how much of that, you know, when you have enough streams, right, of income and it's kind of enough in the kitty, does that go away a little bit? Well, I'll say it again. Say the question again. Well, I mean, how much are you as an artist, even David Leonard? Like, do you have to keep an eye on like, okay, we can only kind of spend up to here, you know, mm. because we do have to recoup costs, recording or yeah. marketing budget videos, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I, there's a certain thought about it. There's a certain of like, I'm a, I'm a dreamer. So like even with my record, it was like, hey, let's make a movie, uh, a music video for every one of these songs that ties together and makes a movie. And it's like, that's eh, probably not the most cost-effective way to do something, but yeah, let's do it anyway. Um, and it, it's it's fun, like the, the dreaming and, and whenever dreams can turn into reality, it's pretty stinking awesome. And um, but at the same time, I, I understand what it's like to to work off of a, a budget and to stay within it. And and uh, yeah, I've I've never had the opportunity to have like unlimited funds to do anything that I wanted to. But yeah, I can imagine that that could be fun at some point. You're not the Beatles or Radiohead. Not yet. Yeah, you'll be David Leonard, the Christian Radiohead. Oof. That, Tom, that's Tom, a bad title. Tom York of Christian music? Well, I don't know about Tom York. 
<laughs> I mean, I'd take Radiohead. I do. I love Tommy York and Radiohead. But, uh, boy, I, I would take that, the Radiohead of Christian music. That'll never happen. I like that. I heard that you've been writing country songs Ooh. lately. Is that true? Did you ask the guy who told you about that, about that time that I, we tried? I didn't. Song? You tried to write a country Did you write a country song? Did you try to write a country song? I've written a couple. I've written a couple of the last little bit i i i wrote a fun one like a couple weeks ago there's this awesome band called the dries husband and wife and they're doing some awesome stuff and i got to write with them um me and a friend allison belts cruise uh have been writing some songs together and um yes it's been fun to like scratch a different itch you know it's like and I, I was even we were working on a song today a couple songs today we're doing a, a little ep for for a girl and it was like none of them are christian songs it's just like songs i was like oh my gosh like i forgot what it's like to just like make music and not have to like abide by any rules or think about all this other stuff that we constantly think about when we're making all this stuff yeah and I just got to create and that's why my day was a nine, man. Cause it was mm-hmm. like, I just, I made music today and it was freaking awesome. Made music with a little more freedom. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I, that's interesting. You say that I was just last week on a write with some friends and he, he was like, I want to release a Christmas single. And my first thought was, this sounds so bad and cheesy. <laughs> but then he sent me the song. He had a chorus, right? And, yeah. and it was this very like Dawes sounding thing. Oh, and yeah. not a Christian thing. Yeah. And I was like, bro, this is where I come from. Let's do it. Let's like, and he's a yeah. Christian, like a, a Christian artist kind of thing. And um, dude, it was so life-giving. I forgot how when you can say anything you want to, like you don't have to even think about do evangelicals use this word or not or like am I going too far? Yeah. That's it's kind of amazing. Yep. And li- and life giving in a it was weird how life giving that was. Yes. It's like a uh, an inhale exhale kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Will you push into more of that in the future? Uh, I'd like to. Yeah. I mean, it's like these songs today they didn't have bridges. Like they were, it was was just a song and it was beautiful, like crazy beautiful. And, and I was moved spiritually by it. It's like, yeah. And it was a relationship song. Yeah. But man, there's something to it. There's something to music whenever like. You give space for for reality, and you give space for like humanity in a song mm. that like it it just like pulls so much stuff out of you, and that's what I want to do, man. Like I want to I want to make music that that allows people to have space to to really feel a lyric, to really feel the motion of the song, and I don't know. Uh, I don't want to just get caught up in like having to abide by formulas or yeah. do what do what's expected. I just want to 
make stuff that allows people to to lose themselves well man that's i feel like that's that's the trick and the honor and the great responsibility as worship writers in some ways i um and i think you know to not to harp on the song too much but or to to talk about that one too much but greater you lord did that for so many people because no one had ever said like that chorus and maybe it's the way you guys sing it you know and all that that it's like there was a heart cry kind of that had never yeah. really been felt maybe so it resonated a chord that no one had felt or rather had resonated a chord that people had felt for a long time and never sang in church yeah you know and yeah. it's like i feel like i call it trojan horsing the um those moments into songs is always like the dream to me is can yeah. i can i without being you know a, a, a jerk about it or being like predictable about it can i be the guy that pushes for that in the right you know mm. that's like can we have the moment where you're just really letting loose and saying what you really want to say you know with maybe keeping it pg but like <laughs> can yeah. we do that and um yeah. there's in our generation i'm so thankful for right like john mark and other people that have opened that up for church music because mm -hmm. that's you know uh there's i think that i feel like it got opened up whenever in the 90s or 2000s when you know bands were like well we're not a what are they what was the thing that people would say we're not a we're not a christian band we're just christians in a band and all that and then that yeah. just became the thing like even need to breathe you know yeah was like these are there's believers that just make freaking good music yep and so that's that's a thing now but now i'm like oh can we and my, i guess it's part of my calling is just like how do we get that in the church well do you ever listen to like and the writer is and stuff like that do you ever listen yeah, to that yeah. podcast yeah ross Golden or whatever yeah and i i remember pulling that up and starting to listen to it and like i'm listening to the ryan tedder one i'm listening to the busby one like I'm listening to all these all these guys, and they all started in the church, mm. and all tried to do Christian music, and Christian music wouldn't have them. And then they went off and became the biggest songwriters and the biggest producers in the world. Wow! Yeah, and it's like, oh man, like I don't know. It was just encouraging to me that like. Even Ryan Titter didn't make it in Christian music. Yeah, wow. You know? It's a Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. It's it's quite the uh uh the ecosystem. Yeah. You know, the Christian music scene. And um yeah, we I think we we were very naive like five years ago. And um we we started this deal up and write songs, do them in church and all this stuff. Uh and we thought if we make at the time I was kind of a jerk about it, you know, but I was like, if we make cool Christian music, cause there's so little of it and guys like uh, John Mark or uh, Gunger early on, you know, anytime there was this like uh, indie or just like interesting worship song, people pounce on it and go nuts yep. over it. And great yep. Lord, I think in some ways was that. And, I'm like, why is it that everyone loves these songs, but then no one's trying to like make more of this? Mm. You know, people push away. I think people push away into artist space because it's really, really, there's a tension there that's really tricky and a grace yeah. that I think you have to walk in maybe of like creativity and accessibility for 
generations or for you know different kinds of people or whatever that um i'm curious to see i'm really hopeful because christian i would also say worship music is better than it's ever been in my lifetime for sure so for sure well, i don't know i mean i think about coldplay like coldplay has worship moments in so many songs i had to start i had to start defining worship moments as like uh mo- moments where people join in or per- moments where people sing along you know and like you start to look at so many pop songs popular songs and then you start to see worship moments and all of this stuff and but then you have these verses that are very introspective and like they cause you like to question things and they they allow you to to say the things that you'd never say before but then you have this moment of communal bliss when you come together in these choruses and i i I, like i think that's what you're describing but it's like there's something to that man that the rest of the world even suits it yeah you know and every culture does it yeah every culture gets it yeah every culture have you listened to their new record much coldplay's yeah yeah uh is that the like the the one that they did the jerusalem thing where they were like yeah yeah everyday life they did that live thing yeah i watched that whole live thing it was crazy man amazing crazy. yeah and there's a weirdly i there they've been one of my favorites for such a long time because of what they so many things but yeah. There's moments on that record. There's a freaking hymn on the record yeah. that was really stra- like took out of nowhere. There's a gospel song on the record. Gospel There's song. lots of allusions to God. And then the yep. very end of the album is just hallelujah, hallelujah. Like it's very strange and yet weirdly spiritual and yep. moving in a way that they take something and like I use the word gritty a lot and writes like like Springsteen, such a gritty writer. And taking yeah. grittiness, and this is to me, it's the gospel, right? Is taking yeah. grittiness and marrying it with that universal uh, mo- worship moment um, yeah. that the gospel actually meets us in our deepest and darkest places. Yeah, that'll you know that'll sing, man. But we get we get like worship from the. Um, we're, I'm preaching a lot here, but I really like I'm resonating with a lot of what you're saying. Because I feel like so much of Christian radio, and I don't want to harp, I'm thankful for yeah. that, for what it is, right? Yeah, but it sure. gets written, like, if to use the metaphor of, like, a mountain and a valley, a lot of it gets written when we're sort of at the top, or at least pretending to be at the top. Ooh, you know? Now you're speaking my language right now. It's true, though. And then you think, so you think about things like spirituals or uh, blues music, a lot of gospel music is written down, not like pretending to be or like looking over down into the valley but actually in the valley of you know darkness and and so this next record i'm working on is is exactly that and throughout all of this season i've realized that the majority of the the foundational moments of our lives are created in these valley moments Mm. but we constantly have our eyes fixed on these hilltops because we feel like that's where we need to be but when we are created the us who we are the people that we become is mostly formed in the valley wow yeah 
So the very thing that shapes us and makes us who we are is the very thing that we want to move past quickly. Get away from. But we want to get to this hilltop moment, which is, it's beautiful, but rarely ever does it shape us. Mm, Wow. It's a place where we tend to look back down. Wow. And see the places that we came from. Yeah. As we are reminded of the struggles and of the things that we've walked through. Even in the hilltop, you are you are visually looking back down on the valley. Wow. And that that's what that's what I'm writing right now. I want to hear that record. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh man. Um well, I um, I want to honor your time, and I wonder if um, at the conclusion I always ask if you would be willing to pray over those that are listening, whether people wherever they're at in their own journey with like worship and Christian music and trying to be a worship leader or an artist or whatever, and a follower of Jesus and trying to make life work with money and life and family and all that. If you yeah. just pray over people, I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Father, thank you for the space and this time just to be able to gather together and um, to just enjoy each other. Um, Father, thank you for the common thread of music and for the common thread of your love. And uh, it is it has brought joy tonight. It has brought hope tonight. And we're thankful for it. And Father, we pray for creatives we pray for people who are striving to make something that brings people's eyes to you and brings the focus on you we pray for people who are who are working on things that have nothing to do with you that father they would be filled with beauty and with hope and they would be able to show that to the world and i pray that you would grant people with courage and the freedom of failure and um, the courage to, to take chances. And um, we just thank you for the gifts that you've given all these people. And, um, we pray that you continue to, to well up new ideas and, and um, just continue to give them fresh eyes um, as we see people and as we tell stories. Um, when we continue to see people and can continue to see humanity for what it is and and, and um, see where you're moving in all of this. We thank you for what you're doing. We, we thank you for, for how you're leading us. We thank you for, for how you're shaping us. And um, just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're listening to this today and you feel like giving up on something that you know that you're called to do, here's what I want to say to you, or rather, here's what my wife would want to say to you. If you give up, you have a hundred percent chance of failing, but if you keep going, your chances will at least improve somewhat. I don't want to tell you that your breakthrough is just around the corner because honestly, I don't know if that's true. It may not be your breakthrough maybe 10 years from now, but you're closer to your breakthrough than you ever have been before, and I can guarantee 
that giving up would feel worse than what you're feeling right now. If you want a deeper or a more personal pep talk than that, I'm happy to do that. Hit me up on Instagram and maybe we can encourage each other a little bit. As I've mentioned, David Leonard has a boatload of great songs. You can check them out. You can follow him on socials, on the links in the show notes. His album, The Weight, is one of my favorite Christian albums in a long time. You should check out that song, Know Your Heart, that we talked about in the episode today. The theme music for The Secret Chord is shamelessly supplied by my band, Mountaintops. If you dig it, you like what you hear, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, and you can hear more wherever you listen to music. You can stay up to date on new episodes of this podcast by following us on Instagram at The Secret Chord Podcast, or hit subscribe wherever you're listening, and that way new episodes will go straight to your library. Thanks for listening. See you next time.